And all of a sudden it can be like, okay, you need me, but what for? And we can't miss this because it's so critical and I think sets them and us up for what our relationships will look like as adults. And so being available looks really different. That's the one role as they get older that we have in their life is prayer. Mm -hmm. It really becomes one of the most precious opportunities we have in a relationship with them. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name's Amelia Rhodes, your host, and I'm excited to be joined again today by our beautiful, wonderful, wise co-host, Brenda Yoder. Welcome, Brenda. Well, thank you for that introduction. I'm not sure where that all came from, but... Um... It came from the depths of my heart. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited about the topic today. Because it's something I struggle with and something I am definitely growing in as my kids get older. And we're going to talk today about being available, being available and being present and what that looks like for your kids in this season of life, because it looks really different from when they are toddlers, when they're babies and toddlers, they just, they need you all the time for everything. And as they grow, it's this process of letting go, yet still being available and so important and so critical because they need you in different ways. And you can't predict, oh, I'm going to give them lunch at this time. I'm giving them dinner at this time. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm wiping, you know, bottoms. I'm fixing scratches. You, it's kind of predictable in, in some ways of what you're needed for and what you need to be available for, whether you were a stay at home mom, a working mom, a foster mom, you, you knew the types of things that you had to be there for. And sometimes when, you know, you were picking them up at this time, dropping them off at this time, sitting in the car line for this time. And then all of a sudden the world shifts and they've got this independence And they're doing many, many of those things for themselves. And all of a sudden it can be like, okay, you need me, but what for? And we can't miss this because it's so critical. And I think sets them and us up for what our relationships will look like as adults, sets them up to be healthy. And so being available looks really different. Brenda, you've got four young adults and I've got two teenagers. So kind of where we're at mine, as we record this, mine will have moved up in their grades. So I now have a sophomore in high school who will be getting his driver's license this fall and a senior in high school who is looking at colleges and they're like ready to fly. Mm -hmm. And you've got four young adults who are in the mix of married and grandkids and dating and living out of state. Yeah. Our kids are all three years apart. And I've always said, you know, they were always at big stages themselves. We, we've never had a time where it's been really calm. Um, you know, one is getting married. One had, um, a grandbaby. They have all moved. In fact, I just told my youngest one is we moved him a couple of weeks ago into the apartment that he and his new bride will be moving into. I said, I, we have moved all four of you into into a new place in the past year and being available is something I am very, very passionate about. It's probably the one, the one component of parenting that I have really tried to be very intentional about since my children were babies. So this is a topic that I am really excited to talk about because it's, it's something that is challenging as your kids get older. What it is not is that you put your life completely on hold 
and you wait in the wings, hoping your child's going to open the door for you, for you to enter into, into their life. That's not what being available is. Um, but being available is living your life with an element of margin that allows for what you can't predict, but it also involves having kind of a heart and an ear for what your kids are not saying about when they may need you. And I think that's, that's especially important when your kids are at home, when they're teenagers or younger, they're not going to come out and say, I need your help with X, Y, Z, as they probably do a little bit more when they're adults. There's something you said here about having a heart and an ear for what they're not saying or not expressing. And I, I read a book when my kids were very young, it was geared towards mother, you know, mothers of toddlers. And one of the concepts that I took with me that I'm relearning as their teenagers is to really be a student of your child, mm-hmm. to really observe them. And the woman who wrote the book, she was a Montessori teacher. And she talked about how one of the exercises she had to do as she was training as a teacher was to go to the zoo and sit in front of an animal enclosure and really just sit there and watch and observe the animal and learn as much as she could about the animal. And she said that taught her the skill of observation. And she's used that with her children, not that our children are animals that we watch, although sometimes maybe, but (laughs) this concept of just really being observant. And I, I picked that up and I tried to do that. And I remember when my kids were like in elementary, another mom commenting, like, you really seem to like know your kids well. And it was just something, I guess I had picked up on reading nonverbal cues, reading body language. And I'll never forget a day when one of my kids walked out of school, they were far away, but you know how you're the mom, you can pick them out of the crowd. And just by the slump of the shoulders and the way they walked, I knew they weren't feeling good. Mm -hmm. And so to be students of our kids is really to watch, to observe, to listen, to, to listen with a a prayerful heart and ear. And something that I have just often prayed is Lord, you know what they need. You know what they're facing. You know what they're, they're not saying, help me see and hear what I need to see and hear in order to love and parent them well and to love and parent them towards you. And that's just been a prayer throughout my parenthood. And even more so now as their teenagers, where there's so much more that they're not sharing, or you're not seeing to trust that he also will illuminate the things that we need to sense and know for our kids in order to love them. Well, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, and that does grow and change as they get older because they are growing and changing. And I think that's one of the Um, the hard things about letting go. And we talked about that in our last episode is that really, as our children get older, is that for the first time, we don't know everything about them because they truly are developing and God is growing them to be the people who he's calling them to be. And so being available for them as they are growing does look different. And that's part of the challenge. And I use the term in the word, actually in both books I've written in fledge and in balance busyness and not doing all is this idea of, of hearing what your kids don't say, especially your teenagers. And so being available means that our presence with them is not so consumed with other things that when we're with them, when they call you on the phone, you know, adult kids call more, right? They call or they text, they're not going to be there in your home. So we don't get the benefit of body language. We don't get the benefit of looking at their nonverbal cues. 
um, such as those hunched shoulders, but it really is about knowing them, knowing where they are and doing exactly what you've asked Amelia. Um, there've been so many times. I remember one particular time when one of my kids was in high school and I did not know what was going on in them, but I knew something was wrong. And I just asked, Lord, will you please just show me what I need to know? And I was just going about my work day. And it was just like something dropped in my spirit where I realized I was like, oh, I wonder if this particular circumstance that was happening with um, a class they were taking and the environment of that class was, it was almost like everything just kind of flooded together that I was able to see what was happening at school, what was happening with their friend group. And it was exactly what, what you just described of God illuminating for me, kind of what is going on in their world. One of the things about being available that I always think about is when your kids are in, in the home, it's being available at bedtime, um, or being available kind of in those spaces that you cannot plan. I always, even they, when they were older, went up to their room, usually before I went to bed, which was, they usually stayed up later than I was when they're in high school or in college. And I would just ask if I could pray with them and they have never turned me down on that. And it's during those prayer times where you just ask, how can I pray for you that the door kind of opens and it's still a practice that I use with our kids as they are adults is asking how I can pray for them. And even just offering to pray with them about a particular thing. Sometimes they'll say no, but other times they'll be like, yeah, mom, you can. And those are some very tender moments that we may miss if we don't just ask those simple questions and then offer that to them. That's the one role as they get older that we have in their life is prayer. Mm -hmm. It really becomes one of the most precious opportunities we have in a relationship with them. And it's really powerful. I know it's easy to think, oh, I'm, I can't do anything, but to know that there is power in prayer. And if you're struggling to even know like what to pray for or prompts, I've written a book called pray A to Z a practical guide to pray for your community. And it's really just topics from A to Z and they include both praise and petition. So praising God that he's almighty and he's abundant. And then also praying for, you know, different things that we struggle with personally and in our community. And I found praying through that and praying through the character traits of God that my kids would understand that Lord, I know you are almighty. You are abundant. I don't know what they need, but you do, you see everything and praising him for what he can do that I cannot do. And so I think kind of what I'm gathering and one of the first things in being available for our kids is to be available to God, be available in our relationship with him first. It's that concept of putting on the oxygen mask Mm -hmm. so that you can then help those sitting next to you is to take care of your own relationship with the Lord, to take care of your own heart and your own soul. And if you're weary and you're wounded, um, coming to him first for that healing and that help reaching out to others in your community, rather than looking to being a parent to fix maybe some of those things that might be hurt in us, but to really come to him first and be available. And that means margin. That means a little bit of time and space in your day. And then you talked about this. You don't know when and where, um, that spontaneity I have found as one who likes to plan and one who likes to maybe have a schedule in control 
in this season of life, you can't. And like you said, those sweet moments of as they're, as maybe you're going to bed and they're not, or early in the morning. And I confess, I have found myself exhausted in this stage of life Mm -hmm. because I'm doing that and it's a bit of a sacrifice. So I'm willing to be available and sacrifice something like sleep in Mm -hmm. order to be up early to catch them for that 20 minutes before they head out the door for an early morning sports practice or an early morning meeting before school to stay up late on the reverse Mm -hmm. end too, to be there on, on the couch when they come home. And my daughter had said recently, you don't have to wait up for me. I'm like, no, but I, I know when you come home, like you like to chat about the day or what happened, or it's okay. Like I'm, I'm not waiting because I'm worried. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting because I want to see you. A couple of things that you mentioned that I really want to highlight. Um, one is what you just talked about that, that element of being available, um, the time that we need and the energy that we need. Part of my story is that I left the teaching profession when I was 40. My oldest was um, going to be a junior in high school the next year. And my youngest one was um, in first grade. And so we had two kids in between there. And I realized that I, I was not managing myself. Well, um, I, I had 180 high school students that I was teaching all day long and I was emotionally drained and I was very reactive. And I, because being available and really being present, in my children's lives was so important. Um, I realized that for that stage of life, I, I literally had no margin. I had zero margin left. So I went back to graduate school full-time for a degree in something that would give me full-time and flexible, a part-time employment that would accompany the needs of my family. And that was one of those decisions that I made. It was a hard decision, but being available for my kids emotionally is not something that comes from a well that is completely dry and empty. It just doesn't happen. And as your kids get older, their hurts, we do carry them and being available for them means that we do have to steward our own mental and emotional health. And so if we as moms are not stewarding our own emotional mental health, we cannot be available for our kids. And sometimes it turns and becomes unhealthy then because we're relying on our kids to be our emotional support, which is not their role. That's, that's not their role, especially when they're teens or young adults. And that's where a lot of unhealthy relationships with parents and kids start developing when they're teens and young adults is that we as moms look to them to meet our emotional needs. And that's not how God has it planned. So important for us to remember at this stage of life, because I think we can slip into that when they're little, you know, we're getting the hugs, we're getting Mm -hmm. the kisses, we get the feel good. It does fill us up in many ways. And then we lose some of that. And to remember that was never meant to fill us. That was never meant to be what sustains us. And I took some time even this morning because I know that this is where I'm at. And just, I even started making this list of what restores me knowing I have a very full work schedule and work life, even if I take on nothing else. And then knowing it's a busy, hectic schedule and we're heading into a full, full year. I just even sat down like, who am I? What restores me? What fills me? And I started making a list and only one of those on there involved something with the kids, Mm -hmm. family time, you know, exploring, going for a walk or games. And I, I tried to come up with just other things that didn't involve the kids that I know how I'm wired 
that restore and fill me. And then I even started starring some of them. I see some of how I operate. What am I not doing? Like, what have I not made margin in my life to do? Or what have I forgotten? And so there are things that I used to do that I've, you know, that now have become like work or become job that I used to do just for fun. And they were very filling. And so just trying to figure out how do I get those things back in my life? And I know I'm not alone. And so we'd love to hear what are the things that restore you that are outside of your kids that maybe you've haven't done in a while. We'd love to hear you share that in the Facebook group and we can maybe brainstorm together, but it's so important to have those things outside of them. And I know that we've talked about that in the past as well. There was something else too, that I had thought of, and it was that spontaneity you had said, you know, just being available, you don't know when and where, and what I've tried to remind myself is we, we tend to think big, big trips, big vacations, the big memories, the things we, we, have to do on the bucket list you know, before they're gone. And what I've been learning is to seize the moments, those small moments that come throughout the week and throughout the day. And we had one last night where everybody just happened to be home, which hardly ever happens. And somebody wanted ice cream. And so we all walked down for ice cream and to just enjoy and be intentional in those moments. So it wasn't just a walk down for ice cream. It was a chit chat conversation and just fun and being intentional, but not having an agenda. If that makes sense, I want to be intentional in connecting and having time, putting the phone down and not badgering about school or your grades or this or that, but just be intentional to just be together and be human without an agenda of trying to accomplish anything other than enjoying each other. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so important. I think as your kids get older, then that looks different, you know, and um, being available now for my kids is completely different because their schedules are all changing. And as they get married and have kids and start new jobs and have significant others in their life and move, I mean, I I've had one, one child who's lived in a different country. I've got another child now who lives 13 hours away, another one who lives four hours away. And I've been telling people recently, as we've, you know, we talked a couple episodes about right sizing your life and, I live in a community where the majority of people here have their, their adult children who live near them. All four of mine have settled, um, farther away, at least two out two to 13 hours away. So being available for me means that I do work part-time at a school. That is my part-time job outside of writing and speaking. And I have learned how to right size my life for this season because I do want to be available. And it means sometimes that your weekends get more full because the kids may say, Oh, we're going to come home this weekend or Hey mom, can you come down this weekend? And, um, you know, for my daughter lives four hours away. And she recently said that this winter on a weekend, that was one of my only weekends home. And she's like, Hey mom, can you come down this weekend? And I said, yeah, you bet. I can, I've got about 24 hours, but I, I will be down there by Friday night. I'll have to leave by three o'clock on Saturday. But after being out of the country for four years, when we couldn't do some of those spontaneous things, I want to have margin in my personal and professional life, which means that sometimes people don't understand that. And other people may call or may want different amounts of time that when I was working primarily for myself as a therapist and as a speaker, um, my time was a little bit more fluid and, and now I don't, I work three days in school, which is also fuels me that fills my bucket up. Um, and so my, I've right-sized my life, but it looks different, which means 
in order to say yes to my kids, I need to say no to other things in a different season I would have said yes to. And I have to get over that guilt of caring of like, oh, I've just disappointed that person. But really um, being available for your kids is just something that you have to have some type of margin for. That's just the bottom line. We cannot do everything. And when our kids get older, they need more emotional things from us and literal time from us. It's not a matter of just making a sandwich for them and handing it to them. And they're off in a way that can be exhausting if we don't steward ourselves. So powerful. And you said something that I wanted to hit on too. And that was, it's a season. So each season may look different. So this year you may need to scale back on something that next year you don't need to. Mm -hmm. And I've been learning to take it year by year, season by season. And there are some things that you can't cut back on. You know, if you have a full-time job and it's a full demanding job, you need that income. You, you can't cut back on your work. So it will involve looking at other things. Are there other activities or volunteering or hobbies or friend commitments, just other things that fill time that need to be freed up a little bit. I've done that recently. I have a full-time job. I'm not cutting back on that, but some of the extra things. So there was some writing I would regularly do or some volunteering or some regular get togethers with, you know, other people that I've like, in this season, I can't do that. Like what are, it's like, put the big things in first, that concept of, if you have a jar, you're going to put the big rocks in first. What are the big rocks? Well, it might be work. It might be, you know, this particular family time. And then everything else just fills in the cracks as it can, but really marking what are your priorities that really cannot change and should not change. And then recognizing what can be let go for a season. And it might be disappointing to people. It might be sad for you for that season, but to know that there's a greater reward because you are focusing on what matters most in that time that you have. Yeah. And Amelia, one thing I want to just touch on before we finish up, because this was something that you mentioned earlier about knowing your kids and studying your kids is that being available, being available for your kids, looks different for each child. And so, um, I'm a mom to one girl and to three boys and being a mom of adult boys is so different than being a mom of an adult girl. And, And then even within that, knowing each of your, your children also. So I have one child who does not communicate with me very much, but rather than being upset about that or, um, taking it personally is to really ask myself when that child does reach out when they do call, when they do ask, when they do open the door and say, sure, mom, I'd love for you to do that. I will drop everything. And it's not because that child is entitled or spoiled or snotty. It's just that that's how they're wired. He's an adult male. Um, he doesn't want his mom in every area of his life. Right. So when children do invite us into their lives, especially when they're adults, those are, those are good moments. And, and I think the other thing is that sometimes, sometimes our picture of what we want being available to, to look like is not the space that our adult children are in. And I think sometimes we, as moms can look at other families or look at other moms and be like, oh, well, they do things with their kids all the time. And she and her daughter, well, they're best friends and they just do everything together or, 
you know, all I see on Facebook or Instagram that, you know, this family is together every single holiday and we need to just not do that. We need to know our kids and we need to also respect where they're at being available for one season for them may look different than another seasons because they may really be trying to carve out their own independence and being available means that they actually don't want you around that much. But when they do open that door for you, then take it as an honor. Don't cause a lot of drama around it. I think as we really walk these different paths with our kids, we have to study them. Just like you said, study them as they grow with the understanding that we don't know everything about them anymore. And that in itself is a big topic. We could probably talk about for a whole nother episode. Maybe that could be a future episode, but so, so true. And that's where stewarding yourself. Well, caring for yourself and your relationship with the Lord and refilling and restoring yourself is so important to have that, that security, that peace, that inner stability that he can give because sometimes well, you're not going to get it elsewhere and you shouldn't get it elsewhere. So we would love to have this conversation in our Facebook group. If you are not in there, we'd love to have you join us search for midlife moms community and podcast in Facebook. And we'll link to it in the notes. And we'd love to hear what restores you. How are you caring for yourself? Well, how can we pray for you? We have a time of prayer each week where we take prayer requests and we encourage each other. And it's just a beautiful community and we'd love to be part of your restoring and filling in this season of life. So we hope to see you there and we will talk to you on the next episode. 